right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire, uh, he plays jams that are supposed to leave uh, clues and hints, breadcrumbs that lead us to the new theme of the day. Okay, so we got heard through the grapevine. Yeah, first cut is the deepest. Right, start with first goes the deepest, and then this is backstabbing. So we're talking about stabbing blood. Uh, we're talking uh, some type about of duplicitous natures. Okay, and yes. uh, lying and cheating. Okay, and uh, the reason will be today is Kawhi Leonard's birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done there. And I actually knew that. I knew it was his birthday because yes. I heard Chad talking about it. Wow. Hurt is a grapevine. Okay, that makes sense, too. Cut the deepest. I get that one. And this, the backstabbers. Wow. Well done there. Well done. Yeah, she's playing some songs for Kawhi. For, uh, wow. His birthday. How, how old is Kawhi today? I think 31. Look at that. He doesn't even know. He doesn't care. He doesn't care how old his ex is. I have this. Now, you're a basketball fan, and, of course, you're a Spurs fan, Patrick. So, I, I, I like this theme here. Yeah. Have you, is there an NBA breakup uh, with a superstar? I know lots of NBA breakups, and they're ugly because NBA is a very salacious league. Yeah. All right. I mean, Latrell Sprewell choked the damn coach. All right. So it's, it's a crazy wild league. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was hearing a story the other day about, I was watching, uh, if you ever watch mm. on YouTube, they have this Ring of the Royale, which is the Spur thing. <laughs> yeah. And they had, it's like a mini series. They've done like 40 or 50 episodes mm. of it now, right? Yeah. And it's all Spurs, like little stories about the Spurs. Hold on, what is it called again? Ring of the Royale, which is what the actual Spur thing is. Where, and where can I find this? It's on YouTube. Okay. All right, so if you just go on the Spurs YouTube, right. you pull it up. It's, I'm gonna check it out. There's like 40, but it's like ones about David and ones about George Gervin. I gotcha. And then the most recent one, they were. It's just about the kind of practical jokes they've told and them having fun. And nice. then they were talking about how Tim Duncan at the end of every season would have a paintball tournament versus players. He does versus, strike me as a type. He's a nerd. And he would have players versus yes. coaches. Yeah. And they were like, and he would basically the players would all come out fully geared up and ready to go, and the coaches are out there in like t-shirts. And they said that P.J. Carlesimo <laughs> looked, like, looked like he had chicken pox with how many times they had shot him. <laughs> they're like getting yelled at him by all year. And they're like, no, nah, we're going to light him up. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, you forget about crazy stories. NBA's had so many crazy stories. That's that's one of them. Yeah. Um, but with Kawhi, with a superstar, has there been a more, I don't know, like shameful, almost embarrassing breakup? I mean, LeBron's up there. It is, but... But he went back and won a ring. Yeah, but because for the Spurs, consider how classy they are. Yeah. Right? Because as an organization, they just... You know, they really stay away from... that. I just talked about the NBA business. It's a salacious league. They stay away from that. And yet, he brought them into it and then did them dirt. I mean, we're talking about ghosting. A professional athlete ghosting a franchise. The reports where he ghosted the, the Spurs. Yeah. Right? You acknowledge this. That, what, have we seen that happen? That was like he just goes to the franchise and they to Not, the point where they had to trade him. And they could they couldn't even they couldn't even communicate with him. Like I remember there were reports of Pop trying to fly to the West Coast to go see him. Yeah. Not, not he was really, unavailable. Yeah, not really at an MVP level. Allen Iverson would probably be pretty that's close on one. that. That's a good one. Because he was yeah. just he would become unavailable yeah. at times and him and George Carl had that's tons of beef and yeah, or yeah. Larry Brown had tons of beef. Yep. So it, like I get it that there's guys like that. And Carmelo Anthony and George Carl were the one that they also had. Like, so there's been coaches, there's been some of those. but I don't think ever to the extent of. I don't think the coach has ever been ingrained enough 
that they, they get away with it. Because normally the player gets what they want. Because NBA. And the Spurs would just work differently that they were like, no, no, no. We'll move on from no, you. No one man. We're not team. firing Pop and no. our, our RC Buford and the people who gave us a dynasty because you're you don't like the fact that they want you to play basketball 82 games a year mm-hmm. when we're in the NBA. Like, and that's a, that's where the Clippers are right now. They don't know what to do because they they're basically sold at the point that Kawhi Leonard will not be at their building for at least 10 to 15 games a year minimum. And they're just hoping that the games that he does play are games in the playoffs. And not just well, yeah, because games. he wants to play those. Yeah, he just doesn't want to like back to back. I don't play those. And you go, well, you only played three minutes in the game in the first game. I played three minutes, so I'm not playing the back to back. What? What? Trust me, I, I I get it. It, but it's the breakup for the Spurs with Kawhi it's, was not only bad because, like I said, he 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 handled it in a very just unprofessional manner. So unprofessional, in fact, that it just was salacious, made headlines. It was like TMZ worthy. Yeah. And the Spurs aren't used to that. Uh, well, unless you're talking about you know Tony Parker and, and, and then he went and did it and then won a title in <laughs> Toronto and then did it to them. Well, but at least he won a title. That's and that, I mean he won me, a title with us, not at his prime, but he won a, he won that he, 2014. We don't win without Kawhi. Uh, I agree, but in Toronto, he's the centerpiece. It is him. Yeah, it is yeah. all him. Nobody's talking about the coach who's a goat. Nobody's talking yeah, about yeah. The, the supporting cast that are great. No, no, no. They're talking about Kawhi Leonard putting a franchise on his back and becoming the best player on the planet, which he never did for San Antonio. I don't know. He was good. Yeah, he was the best MVP, player on yeah. the planet. He was the best player on the planet the year they traded him away, and he proved it. It wasn't just a talking point. He proved it. When he went through the NBA playoffs and took Toronto, uh, usually a team that's meant for the NBA Siberia of NBA teams, um, and turned Drake into oh God, into an unbearable presence, but made them a champion. And that will never happen again in Toronto, and no. y'all know it, but it was only because of Kawhi. I'm not saying he's ever going to do it again, but that's the beauty of the story is that he reached his zenith at that point. Usually you think, oh, no, karma will catch up to him. It caught up to him, but later. Yeah. When he initially was traded, he reached his zenith. So it's like you breaking up with somebody, they're them breaking up with you and, like, doing you really dirty. I'm talking about just ghosting you and just breaking up with you. And then right after they break up with you, they win the lottery. They, yeah. I mean, they, win, they become a millionaire. You're like, what the hell? Come on, karma. But that's what I'm saying. Come but on. the craziest part about it, too, is then he <laughs> goes to Toronto and then is meeting with Drake and uh, ownership while he's orchestrating a deal to get Paul George to go to the Clippers and basically walks out of that meeting, gets on a plane and flies to L.A. and never talks to the Raptors again. Hey. But meets with them, telling them, no, I'm open to staying. I'm, You know what, guys, let's stay. Drake's given up part of his, uh, his label as part hey. of the deal. And the whole time he's working on a trade to get Paul George to the Clippers. And I, someone brought up Uncle Dennis. Because that was a whole deal in San Antonio. I it's like, Uncle Dennis. Uncle Dennis is the bad guy. And you're like, no, it was Kawhi the whole time. And Uncle Dennis was just a scapegoat. Because he could do it. But but Kawhi's Kaiser Soze. Because Kawhi the whole time made it like, man, my, I'm just hurt. <laughs> and I'm just, like, my injuries are kind of, but I, you know what? I, I, I want to be a good player. And Uncle Dennis was the guy who was telling him he needs to go to a bigger market and all that, right? And then we find out, it's like, oh, no, he always wanted to go home. He never, he doesn't. If he could play in San Diego for the worst team in the league and win five games a year but play in San Diego, he would do it tomorrow. Yeah, because that's his personality. We know now that Kawhi wants yeah. comfort. Kawhi just wants to be comfortable. Like yeah. Kawhi is all about now. I, if, if I could take comfort 
over achievement, I'll take it. I just want to be comfortable yeah. in my own little zone, and that's great. And we all thought, oh, that's what San Antonio is all about. Yeah. The San Antonio basketball coach is about, oh, make our guys comfortable. We got our own separate basketball culture here, and ain't, ain't like any, it's unlike any other NBA franchise yeah. in America. But he didn't want that. He wanted to be home or closer to it. And that's why the beauty of the Wimby effect, which we'll get into later, later on, because the Wimby effect, man, it's crazy. Now they got numbers to back it up already. Uh, that, Patrick's grinning. I didn't mention Wimby's name. I, I know. Reference him, and then Patrick starts agreeing with him. He, he had a, you should see him, he, he had a frown <laughs> on his face when we were talking about Karai. He was very upset. And then I mentioned Wimby, and immediately wow. yeah. he started grinning. Ear to ear. And that's the beauty of the Wimby thing. This is why it's Shakespearean and you couldn't have you couldn't have written it better. It's cause you get it, it, after you know you traded him away and you dealt with him winning a title and all the heartbreaking shame of that and the embarrassment. And now you get the best prospect since LeBron after winning the NBA lottery, by the way. Anytime the Spurs are in the lottery, they're gonna win that damn thing. Um <laughs> and win and you get the best prospect since LeBron James, and all he ever has wanted in his life is to be a San Antonio Spur because he doesn't know the NBA culture. Like, he, had, yeah. he didn't grow up in it. He grew up playing basketball in France and overseas. So all he knows is the perception of, you know, the Spurs overseas, which is they're a dynasty. What are you talking about? They're like three dynasties in the NBA, and the Spurs are one of them. <laughs> it's like them, the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that, that's crazy. But they're in that discussion, and that's all they know. And that... A lot of the French-born players, by the way, the Spurs have had probably more French-born players on their roster than anybody in the NBA. And the NBA, other than the players who were born in North America, France has more NBA players than any other country. And the Spurs tapped into that 20, damn it, 30 years ago. (laughs) They were tapping into that because they already knew. And now the fruits... Of those in, those investments that you know, what I mean that commitment yeah. from year from decades ago. Now it's paying huge dividends because not only did you win the lottery, but the guy that you won, all he wants to do is be a spur for the rest of his life. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Right? <laughs> it's like how, how does that happen? What? I am uh, one of the one of the uh, bylines of the NBA free agency that's going to be interesting to see because uh, you haven't really heard any reports, but you don't really hear any reports out of the Spurs. Uh, is Jakob Pertl, who was part of that trade in the Kawhi Leonard trade. Uh, then Toronto, because free agency is coming up, Spurs don't know what's going to be happening, so they trade him to Toronto at the end of last year in the, at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. get another pick out of him, get all this stuff, and now he's a free agent, but Toronto may be looking to rebuild with Van Vliet going away. So he is now a free agent. He could technically just come back to the Spurs, and when they're looking for a five, it's it's possible depending on what the price is, that you could get him back and fleece Toronto out of you got him and look, you got they got a championship out of the first trade. They did. So they can't complain. No. But they also got him and then he immediately left and they've kind of been stuck in that no man's land ever since because when a star player leaves your franchise, you get stuck in no man's land. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Tech says, what's the deal with Kawhi's uncle? Yeah, he's, he's living good right now. Uncle imagine. Dennis is doing fine. <laughs> uh, there's some, Tech says, it's okay. We ended with it ended up with the hotter girl. If he sticks around, Spurs uh, don't get Wimbenyama. That's true. Yeah. It all worked. Like everything in the universe, it's like the fate. It was serendipitous. It all worked out as it should have yeah. for the San Antonio Spurs. And you know what, man, it's to me, and we'll get into that Wimby effect a little bit later on in the show. Um, to me, for Spurs fans, that's the ultimate irony is that you got a guy. If this guy had gotten, if he had, say the Charlotte Hornets had won the NBA draft or the 
the, the Rockets won the NBA draft, you'd have to worry about him trying to leave to go to San Antonio. Yeah. After his contract was up, and because he he loved San Antonio that much, yeah, and, and he'd be by the, the way, one free agent that San Antonio I, could recruit there. And, and by the way, time changes everything. There is no set in stone. He will play his entire career in San Antonio. I'm not a delusional Spurs fan. It's like, no, he's coming. He's never leaving because we know Tim Duncan almost went to Orlando. And if Doc Rivers would have let him take his family on planes, then Tim Duncan would have left. We would have not have won three, two or three championships. It's possible. So. I like that is all a part of the story where you go, we don't know. Maybe he gets a few years in the league. Maybe some things change. Maybe he meets a girl and that girl don't like San Antonio. All things possible in the reality of life. That's true. Uh, but for right now, pretty awesome. And my thing was, it, it, I, I agree with the Tim Duncan thing because I remember hearing that story too. Tim Duncan didn't really grow up almost being program and indoctrinated as no, a Spurs fan. No, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this guy's got like... No, he wasn't. He his, didn't... His, his mom and dad wanted to be a Spurs fan. Like, his family. Like, everybody wanted... It, the country is like, oh, please, we want the Spurs to win. <laughs> he's, he's got a video. He's, he's been bragging about it. He's got a video before the lottery of him speaking into existence, the Spurs winning the lottery and saying, I want to go to San Antonio and uh, I want yeah. the... God, please let the Spurs win the lottery. With the lottery. Uh, we haven't seen the video. He says that it exists. Yeah. That before the lottery, he made a video saying the Spurs were going to win the lottery and he was going to San Antonio because that's what he always wanted. That's what he always dreamed of. Come on, man. Tim Duncan ain't ever done no stuff like that. I love Tim Duncan. He ain't done something like that. That's crazy. Like, who grows up wanting to be a Spurs fan? I mean, not a Spurs fan, but a Spurs player. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Spurs fan. I know you're great. I love you guys. <laughs> but Spurs play. No, serious. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking the Spurs. They're great. No, no, I, no, I get it's it. Not, it's, it's, a, it's not a glamorous well, organization from San Antonio that standpoint. Is not a, San Antonio yeah. is not a market that produces a lot yeah. of high NBA talent. So Come on, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's amazing. You got the one, the one generational prospect that's like, no, no, the one team where I could choose a team to play for. It ain't the Lakers. It ain't the Celtics. It ain't the Miami Heat. No, no. It's the Spurs. What? What are the odds of that? Some unbelievable. Spurs fans. I agree. Some texture says, uh, <laughs> these Spurs fans are always whining. Yes. Does anyone whine more than Dale and Spurs fans? No, they don't because they're not used to struggling. So they've been, they, they've been really, you know what I mean? Life has been so good for so long for Spurs fans. They're not used to struggling. So the, the couple of years they had struggling, they are so annoying. You need to come live the life of a Texans fan, okay? <laughs> I've done both. <laughs> exactly. Believe me, I've done both. Thank you. You're a little life of a Texas fan. The Rockets, I guess. Even even though the Rockets fan, when I brag about the titles that Akeem Olajuwon won, I've got a random NBA fan that's like, you know MJ retired, did they? Wouldn't have got those. Every yeah. time you bring Every up the Rockets time. title. Every can't, time. Can't discuss a Rockets title about some NBA and, fan. And the funny going, part is. Well, you know MJ retired. Now, me. and by the way, for that <laughs> argument, if MJ retires, he doesn't win the next three if he doesn't retire because they don't rebuild that team. And that team was falling apart because they couldn't keep it together because they're super cheap. Because Chicago still to this day don't pay the luxury tax. You bringing, lo- you bringing logic into this conversation? I'm just telling logic. you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you every time I hey, try to maybe, And then maybe Shaquille O'Neal beats him in Orlando and then he's he's the guy oh, and then man. he never goes to L.A. And then it's all great. the dominoes fall. <laughs> uh, I want to talk Cowboys here, but I don't know if we have enough time. I don't want to get deep into it without – enough time to uh to really assess it so we'll table that discussion um let's get into the travis kelsey conversation here really quickly i think actually and i can i think i can segue that to the cowboys so travis kelsey recently went oh he's doing an interview at vanity fair i mean that's that's where my man travis kelsey is and now he's doing in vanity fair interviews he's a tight end 
doing interviews with Vanity Fair. I Hosting was, SNL? Hosting SNL. Exactly. Guy's doing pretty damn good. Um, but he says uh, in this article, and I love this. This is great. He says, my managers and agents love to tell me how underpaid I am. Anytime I talk about wanting more money, they're just like, why don't you go to the Chiefs and ask them? He said, when I saw Tyreek Tyre go and get 30 mil a year in the back of my head, I was like, man, that's two to three times what I'm making right now. I'm like, the free market looks like fun until you go somewhere and you don't win. I love winning. I love the situation I'm in. Uh, This is wisdom from Travis Kelsey. It really is. And Patrick just brought up why. Because the added value of him being the favorite go-to target of the best quarterback in the NFL and a guy who's also in the conversation to be the GOAT in the NFL – uh, like Joe, Mon- like Jerry Rice was to Joe Montana, that kind of stuff. Like he is going to be synonymous with Patrick. When time somebody has a Patrick Mahomes conversation, and talking about in 30, 40, 50 years about how great he is, depending on how many titles he wins, they're going to bring up Travis Kelsey because no other receiver with Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be as prolific as Travis Kelsey. Can I give you some? Travis Kelsey stats. And my my point is the added value he gets. I know he's missing out on some contractual uh, compensation here. But the added value, like I said, he's a tight end going on SNL. What the hell? Not a receiver. Not a quarterback. A tight end going on SNL. I don't don't know. Has there ever been a tight end in the NFL this famous? No, I mean, he gets Roger Goodell to come on his podcast and, and tell jokes. Because he's like, no, this is what we want. This is what every owner wants in the NFL is a guy like you who will take less to be on a good team. Bro, he's, he did Vanity Fair yeah. as a tight end in the NFL. He's he has, he's already had a reality TV show. Like He, already, he did that years ago. Yeah. He did he's that got a years very successful ago. podcast. And now he's actually getting into acting. And none of this would be possible if he was just the highest paid tight end in the NFL and not winning titles. Yeah. And not continuously in the public realm because he is basically attached to Patrick Mahomes' brand because he's Patrick Mahomes' go-to target. So he's smart. Yes, there are other guys. He can go somewhere and get paid his market value. But sometimes it's worth mm, like almost reinvesting that market value some other way. And that's what he's doing. He can go get his market value in cash. Or he can decide, no, 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 I'm going to reinvest that. Actually, I'm going to reinvest that in myself. I'm going to stay here. I know I'm going to take a little less money up front, but on the back end, when I'm done playing, oh, my acting gigs and reality TV shows and the stuff that I'm going to be able to do, I'm going to make so much more money than just a guy who's done playing and no longer has earning potential. Yeah. His earning potential now, his window, it now I think increased by like 10, 15 years. Yeah. He's in Vanity Fair. He's, he's on SNL. And that's a, uh, Texas prop. He's in the match tonight, the golf tournament. Like, <laughs> like the one where they're like, we're going to get the best players in sports to do it. Yeah. And, and in reality, when we talk about how much more money he can make, realistically, he is the third highest paid tight end. He is, but I'll, I'll give you some, some stats, though. That's in terms of his justification. So I'll give you these stats about Travis Kelsey. So he set career highs last year in targets, receiving receptions, and touchdowns. He had 152 targets, 110 receptions, 12 touchdowns. Uh, he had his second most receiving yards in his career with 1,338. It's the seventh straight season he's had over 1,000 yards. 
Yeah. Let that sink in. No other tight end in NFL history has more than four thousand yard seasons in their career. He's basically becoming the Jerry Rice of tight ends. Most receiving yards in NFL since 2015, Travis Kelsey. He's, uh, he's 20th in receiving, receiver earnings. If you look at raw receivers, tight ends, and running backs, all people who could be receivers. He's, he averages at top, the average top five tight end is paid $14.9 million per year. Average top five receiver, $27.4 million per year. The biggest bargain in the NFL right now, arguably, is Travis Kelsey. No, I agree. <laughs> but what, but what would you think if he were to get fair value, but at the tight end position? Because we've seen fair value at running back is not the same as fair value, even if you catch passes. It is not fair value. What do you think if we say the number one is Darren Waller right now? Darren Waller is making about $17 million a year. And so that's the highest paid tight end. How much higher do they go for Travis Kelsey in a free agent market for someone to go sign him? If he played the free agency market, oh, 20, he, 25? Yeah, he'd get yeah he get twenty he get above he get he get above twenty. But if you're yeah. saying he's making around fourteen now, and he would get around twenty, but that's so a, if for six million a year, future earnings exactly. It, it's not like I get it. If yeah. you were to make double and you go, oh well, he's making twenty and he's going to get forty. If he get paid like the highest paid wide receiver, do it. That makes more sense because that yeah. now you're now you're talking about oh forty million dollar yeah. difference. But you're going to get paid like the twelfth. Or 10th highest paid wide receiver. And they're going to give you three years guaranteed max, and they're yeah. going to cut you in that fourth year. So you're going to make an extra – you'll make an extra $15 million probably. Yeah, how about this little – to give you talking talk about value of tight ends? Because Patrick's right. He's right. That's why Travis Kelsey, whoever his agent is, or maybe he started through himself smart, that, yeah, I could go out there and get my market value, but it's just I'm going to make way more money on the back end of this thing. Even now, my market value as a tight end because the NFL won't let you be classified as just a receiver, you're going to get screwed. Trust me, Jimmy Graham tried it. Le'Veon Bell has tried. A lot of these players have tried. Bichon might try it too. Like, hey, man, I'm an offensive weapon. I want to be paid accordingly. And NFL will be like, no, no, you're a running back, and that's your value. Um, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, best tight ends in the league, right? We all agree. They average less average annual salary than Hunter Renfro, Allen Robinson, and Cortland Sutton. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> exactly. Dude, the NFL, if, it's like, if you're a smart NFL GM, bro, looking for a great tight end, so much value there. Oh, he's 34 now. Texture brings up his age, so he's a little older now, too. That's true. But, man, and, and by the way, not only is he with Patrick Mahomes, they don't keep on winning titles, but he's with Andy Reid. He's with arguably one of the top three to five best offensive minds in the history of the game, too, that knows how to weaponize you. You want to go be a great tight end for some jabroni who don't even know how to call plays? Half the NFL teams this season changed offensive coordinators in the last two years. Ch- ch- changed OCs. They changed OCs like that and play callers. Happens all the time. You are with the most seasoned, most respected play caller in the league. A guy that's considered one of the top five greatest offensive minds in the history of the game. With a guy, a quarterback, who's the best in the league now, and some people are saying projects to be all-time one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. And you're going to leave that because you want more money. Listen, I get it. But, man, that would be that's, that's greed. 
Yeah. Like that would be classified as greed because you're going to get it back. You're going to get it on the other end. You will. You'll get it on the other end. But your your career could get cut short if you if you are with a team with a subpar OC and a bad quarterback. Your career and your earning power drop exponentially because you're not as productive. So for him, it makes sense. Not for everybody else. No, go get your money. <laughs> Because, you know, the hey, world. Mark Andrews, go get your money. Yeah, there are exceptions to the rule. He's the exception to the rule. Like I said, yeah. he's a tight end on SNL and Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair, I've done the research. I haven't done it. But I guarantee you, they've never had a story of an, about an NFL tight end. Like one of their I, I mean, I, They may have, but not while he was in the league. I don't know. Shannon they, Sharp is, there, is still maybe, maybe. maybe the most famous tight end, but only because of what he did after the career. Yeah, that's after. I'm talking about like as a player, yeah, yeah. like while you're playing. He's, he's, year, he's, he's years ahead of what Shannon Sharp became. Uh, yeah, he's just maximizing yeah. his earning power and his earning potential. So uh, I understand why he's doing it, but uh, that's, that's the best bargain right now in the NFL. I don't know if there's a better bargain out there. And teams like Kansas City, San Fran. Philly, Baltimore, teams with really good tight ends, they understand, hey, I can get a lot of value there. No, if you don't want to overpay for that guy. Cowboys just let Dalton Schultz go. Favorite target of Dak Prescott. They figured we were overpaying for a tight end. Don't want to overpay for that guy. Um, so we'll see. They do got a lot of tight ends they like, though. They like Schoonmaker. They just drafted him in the second round. And they like Jake Ferguson. By the way, Travis Kelsey said one of his favorite tight ends in the NFL, Jake Ferguson. That's what he said. So he says Jake Ferguson is uh, that dude. So hope Cowboys fans are hoping that's the case. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, this Georgia football scandal. Um, some of the details from this uh, Atlanta uh, uh, Journal-Constitution article are really, really disturbing. So we'll get into that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, we appreciate all the responses on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Uh, the new theme of today on a new theme Thursday is <laughs> it is Kawhi Leonard's birthday. Patrick is, um, of course, a Spurs fan, and it's not a tribute to Kawhi Leonard. It is um, just based- an honest opinion. <laughs> Honest <laughs> reporting on Kawhi Leonard. Okay, I was going to say it's kind of a backhanded tribute. We're basically <laughs> uh, we're pointing, well, you're pointing out what a backstabber and what a duplicitous human being he is. Yes. Uh, deceitful in all those different ways. So we've had, I heard it through the grapevine, backstabbers. The first cut is the deepest. The first cut was the deepest. And this is, uh, you're so vain. <laughs> Songs that he wished he could play. If he had, a, if he could make kind of a kind of a you know a, a, an homage, if you will, kind of like a playlist <laughs> for Kawhi. This would be the playlist he would play for Kawhi yes. to let him know how he would be feeling as a Spurs yeah. fan. That's kind of new theme today, but it's Kawhi's uh, birthday out there, so we're going to talk some NBA here because we got some NBA uh, news that is breaking. Uh, thanks for all your. Uh, 
thoughts on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Great point on the Specs text line. Several people pointing us out, and I appreciate it. Someone says Gronk did the same, too. Uh, Gronk also, as a tight end, was able, obviously, connection to Brady and winning championships, able to kind of get that earning power on the back end of that, and he's still getting paid. You're right, Gronk's in, like, reality TV shows. I'm sure he's got some cameos in some movies or something like that. Um, that's a really good point. And Gronk is a Gronk was a beast. Gronk's in that conversation, too. Um, to be like an all-time great tight end. So I appreciate that on the Specs text line. And also, text to point out, this is what Belichick tried to do with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. He saved money by trying to get two high-quality tight ends to be kind of the featured players on their offense and filling in the rest of the receivers with just average guys. Great point by the texture there. Appreciate that. So keep the text coming on the Specs text line. We'll get back to our initial conversation to start off the show, actually, that <laughs> uh, we kind of just steered away from. Um, but it was uh, about the, um, the social contracts. Uh, that we have in society. Um, I got to go back to some of that stuff, too, because um, got to make sure that PSA um, is out there for the public that we still have to show with. Anyway, getting back to uh, the NBA topics, there is breaking news uh, in the NBA. We do know the NBA free agency season is upon us, so you get lots of movement, lots of trades happening. Uh, and another trade is expected, uh, especially after this news. Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that 76ers guard James Harden is picking up his $35.6 million option and sides are beginning to work together in exploring trade scenarios. Um, this is being reported by Woj and ESPN. It's expected that Harden has played his last game for Philadelphia. Uh, Woj also mentions the Clippers and the Knicks uh, as teams expected to be among the teams that will engage with the Sixers on potential James Harden's trade. We did, they didn't mention the Rockets there, and we were going to talk about this later on, but since it is breaking news, I guess we should get to it now. Um, it was reported by The Athletic that the Rockets are no longer interested in James Harden. Now, like I said, that could change depending on this situation, but it was reported by The Athletic and their Rockets be reported that they were no longer interested in James Harden at this point. Yeah, I think that's probably the best decision they could have made. I, I, if you were going to go one direction and try and put in a couple more veteran people and compete a little bit sooner and be ready to go, that's one way to do it. I, it seems that they're not going to try and do that. So adding James Harden as the only veteran in a room full of young people may not be the best way to go. Yeah, especially if you don't want him to be the influence yeah. in that locker room. And, and we know as much as he enjoys Houston – there is a power that Daryl Morey holds over James Harden. They they did some dirt together. I don't know what but, dirt they have on each other, but they are. Because everyone's <laughs> basically like, for James Harden opting in and asking for a trade, it feels like Morey basically told him, well, if you if you opt out, we're not going to re-sign you and trade you. We won't do a sign and trade. So if you want to get out and actually make at least this much money, most teams don't have the money to, tr- to sign you in free agency. So you'd have to take a pay cut in free agency if you want to go to a team that's going to win. I, I don't know, but it, it seems crazy that he's doing this. He's opting in so he can go somewhere else. Someone else gets his bird rights, and hopefully he gets a longer-term deal and yeah, makes more money. this was unexpected like for the sign-and-trade part yeah, of it. Yeah, because you expected him to try and go out and get a longer-term yeah. deal because it's, it, he's at that age where it is diminishing returns every year now. So if you see it, at what point do you say, well, now I'm just – well, he's not even worth 20 anymore. Like – it depends. Is is he going to be showing up at practice and being that veteran guy, or is he going to try and just hang out and play some basketball, in which case he's not worth that same amount of money? To piggyback on your point, Woes reported earlier, I saw the clip myself of him saying, actually, with Harden and his camp, the issue might be years, not necessarily money. Yeah. Because of what you just said, he might want some security. 
because this is the end for well, him. Because again, last... if forty million dollars over two years is eight million is is eighty million dollars. But four years with thirty five million or thirty million, you're getting one hundred twenty. You're making an extra forty million dollars that you were never because once this contracts whatever contract he signs, this is it. This is the last big one. Yeah, agreed. this is the last one to make good, really good money, and then it'll come down to well, do you want to do that veteran minimum and stick around? Do you want to do that really low deal? Uh, but I, this is the last one where it's and now if he's it's next year. It is now next year, or he gets traded, and they try and sign an extension and work out a deal with that. I don't know in the new CBA what the rules are. I know there's issues about trading for a guy and then immediately sign to extension to go over the cap. I don't know in the new CBA though. Mm. The new CBA starts in two days, so yeah. uh, we will. I, I don't know what the official rules of it are, but it's it's big story. Uh, the teams that want him are the ones that I don't know if it really does a ton. The Clippers, yeah. I, I get it. The Clippers are basically. All in, a hundred percent in. They don't know what to do. They they just like there's no options because basically the only option is blowing it up, and they it don't want to do that. that. But they're basically sitting in a point that it, well, if they're both healthy, if our stars are healthy, we have one of the best teams. Yeah, but we but, have to we have to manage knowing that they're going to play fifty games a year, and they may not be together, and so we're going to lose a lot more games, and so our seating's not there, and so we don't have that path that Denver got this year. Yes, yeah, a lot of wishing. Um, and and hoping that's no way to <laughs> to build a roster or to construct a roster. But they've said they're not going to guarantee uh, Eric Gordon's money next year, so that could be a guy that maybe you try and send over to Philadelphia as part of a deal, uh, maybe with some other young guys. You maybe put in like Bones Highlands you brought in or something. Like you can try and put in some other guys on that team because they have players. They just don't all really seem to fit together. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, so we'll see what happens with James Harden, but uh, I did not expect that that it'd be it'd be part of a sign and trade at this point. So uh, we'll see how that uh, ends up materializing. Also, um, the Mavs uh, right now. Everybody's interested to see what the Mavs are going to end up doing. The Rockets also are one of those teams. Actually, the Rockets were at least at one point interested in James Harden. Like I said, the Athletic reports that is no longer the case for the Rockets. Emil Doka does say though that he wants to sign veteran players. I saw this on an interview with Emil Doka uh, and the uh, general manager for the Rockets, and he says he does want to sign veteran players. And it's been reported by the Houston Chronicle that. And Mark Stein actually reported this too that Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks yes. are on the list for the Rockets and top priorities. Boy, in free so go sign Dylan Brooks and let's watch this explode. Also, Brooke Lopez has been mentioned. Brooke, Brooke Lopez is going to be on everybody's radar. He is a stretch five who's been a good rim okay. protector, been been part of a championship team in Milwaukee. He's basically on everybody's radar. The question is, does he want to stay in Milwaukee? and mm-hmm. give them a deal and try and blow it? Or is Milwaukee losing Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, and that team is going to have to figure some things out around Giannis and quick because Giannis is going to be a free agent before you know it. And if they don't figure it out and then they're rebuilding, he's gone too, and everything they built is, is over with. So that that's a big one. But everyone's going to be looking at Brooke Lopez. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, a lot of teams like, but if he's a max, if you're paying him a max contract, He's not a max player. No, and they, they're talking about they're talking about like thirty million for this dude. And thirty million's not. I, I know. I mean, but, thirty million is yeah. the, the five Still. years ago fifteen. I get it, but yeah, it's it's a lot of money for a guy. It's a lot of money that has really only won at a high level with Kawhi, and he was with Kyle Lowry was also there. Like, I get it. I think he's a good player. I'm not sure that that's the guy who you want to come in and be the highest paid player with Jabari Smith and Jalen Green and all these young guys 
in trying to figure out the power struggle, but he's going to think he's the guy. Mm-hmm. But then there's a power struggle, and Ime has to put it, and he's done it before. But Ime is just, it seems like they're biting off more than they can chew a lot. And if they get Dylan Brooks, I'm sorry, Ime. I don't know how you're going to do it. I know. Because I feel like you're creating Memphis too, and not not the positive, oh, you have John Morant Memphis. The Memphis minus John Morant, which is, yeah, you guys are good, but you're never going to win anything. Yeah, that's $60 million in cap space is burning a hole in their pocket if they just go after Dylan. If he's pri- if they're prioritizing Dylan Brooks, I'm like, yeah. yeah, if you end up with him, then great. Why are you prioritizing <laughs> Don't him? Prioritize Don't prioritize him. Prioritize I, Dylan I, another name, though, that is now in the free agency market that some of these teams may be looking at for a center. They need a center? Mo Bamba was released by the Lakers today trying to clear up cap room to try and make some moves. So they have released him. Mm. He is now in the free agency market. That's interesting. That is one that the Lake, that Houston may look at as another guy to play inside if they want to bring him in. That Spurs may look at if they want to bring in another center and they don't find a guy they like. Uh, Dallas. Texas three-step. You just hit all of them. I'm saying all these teams <laughs> could be looking for a center. I mean, and a lot of other teams are going to look for a center as well. Yeah. We're just saying if Mo Bamba wants to come to Texas, uh, there's going to be some teams looking. And I think Dallas would be a very interesting one of a stretch five that if they think they can reclaim him and get him in that position while they're getting lively up to speed and kind of give him a two- or three-year deal to reclaim himself, I think he's closer to a Christian Wood, what you wanted. I think he's closer to you be able to get him to play some defense because we know he can block shots. He's not just straight-up Christian Wood, I don't play no defense. I think he would be willing to be that guy. So that's one for Dallas. I would really look at him and see if they're interested. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, J.J. Redick was actually talking about the Mavs um, and what they need to do to build around Luka. Um, obviously post-draft and obviously before free agency starts up. Here is uh, J.J. Redick talking about what he thinks the Mavs need. When you have a generational talent, and let's be clear, Luka is that, your obligation is to win now. Your obligation is to build a roster that complements your generational talent. Two really weird decisions, I think, in the last year. I'm not going to say the second decision with trading for Kyrie is like a disaster. The reality is they were a playoff team before they made that trade and they didn't make the playoffs. Is the best way to build around Luka just shooting in defense? The thing that I think they've really lacked is that prototypical modern five. To me, that's the big you pair with Luka. A guy that is a rim protector, a guy that can play and drop coverage, be a lob threat offensively. Because if you surround those two with a bunch of shooting, the floor is spread. You're going to have to double Luka at times. That leaves the rim open. That leaves threes open. I want to start there. Is that Mo Bamba? That's Mo Bamba on a good day. Uh, that's the, his best version of Obama. The best version of Obama okay. is a is a big center who can block shots and shoot threes. Okay. And, and the problem the is he hasn't been able to stay on the court. The problem is he hasn't progressed in that way. If you feel you can do that, then he is a guy you should. I mean, you should definitely look at him. You should no no matter of a doubt look at him and decide well where's the market and everything else. Obama may also say. You know what? Uh, I'd like to go up to New York and go home, and I'll go be a Nick or a Brooklyn Net. I'll take the and pay cut just to go to go back home because yeah. he's from New York. Yeah, so that that's a possibility too. He may want to go back East Coast. Go hey, up north. Texas is like home. I, I'm saying I, that's a question. <laughs> so he may. I, I'm just saying if you're Dallas and you're looking for a center, that's a guy who is a stretch five that needs work. But if you feel you can play or develop, mm, and you feel you can do that, they do. That is that's someone that I would be very interested in. Because he is a stretch five. Another guy that was uh, um, actually they didn't they didn't pick, they didn't pick up his deal. Torian Prince 
He's been getting a lot of buzz in Dallas. Some people think he's uh, like he's gonna sign with yes. the Mavs. Torian Prince, who found out that he was his option was not picked up by the Woj bomb. Yes, that guy. I know. Yeah, he tweeted out, "Thanks Woj." When Woj broke <laughs> thanks the, for the news, heads up. he's like, "Oh, thanks Woj. I didn't know that." Uh, yeah. So basically, the Timberwolves deciding uh, not to pick up his deal, which is relatively cheap, seven point four million. But they're they're also dancing around that that uh, apron. A luxury tax apron yeah, after that trade one. for Rudy Gobert. You have Anthony Edwards on that mm-hmm. team. Carl Anthony Towns making a lot of money. Yeah. They were dancing around it anyway, so you just kind of got to let some pieces go if they're not part of your future. Yeah, got to play some defense, can defend, and maybe hit an open shot. Maybe that's a cheap option for the Mavs, too. I heard uh, that name going around the Mavs fan circles. All right, we come back. We'll get into a little off the record on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night horn. D.D. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get, I get a break my head cold. Well, congratulations, continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! All right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball. Don't lie. Uh, obviously, we're a little up against it, so we don't have a ton of time for Off the Record. I was going to uh, get into um, a story about Georgia, but we got to save that for another time. Um, what I'll get into now, just really quickly, the um, soap opera, the saga between uh, Mariah Mills and Zion Williamson. Remember the young lady who claimed that they had obviously relations and that they were really close and that he, after it was announced that he was having a child with another woman on social media, she went to social media and claimed all this stuff that she had video of them together, that she was going to release it. And she made all these allegations about uh, different things they had done together. Not going to go into detail, but she was so bold in her claims and uh, she was so brazen that I believe her Twitter account was suspended because she was threatening revenge porn, which is when you basically take intimate videos you've had with a partner and then threaten to make them public. Yeah, where which, there's a lot of laws against that. There's laws in every state against it. So she was threatening revenge porn, so I believe her Twitter account was suspended. But she still has her, sold her Instagram uh, account. She posted just a video of a positive pregnancy test on her Instagram. Yeah. And nobody knows what she is trying to say about this. I mean, we all know what she's trying to say. I know what she's trying to say. Yeah. And uh, she posted a poll to her Instagram story asking viewers to choose between names, <laughs> Junior and Zariah. Which is a combination. <laughs> Zayad and Mariah, yes. which is her name. She is a former adult star. Well, I don't know if she's former. I'm assuming. I've never seen her work, so there you go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's nice that Zion can keep busy with, uh, you know, considering the fact that he doesn't play basketball anymore. He's very busy. Yeah, this is this, this thing continues to go. She's going scorched earth. She's a woman scorned. A woman yes. scorned. Every man knows about this. Woman too, but you don't want to know. I think she's also found that she is this is the most famous and most anybody's ever wanted to talk to her, and she is going to milk it for all it's worth. I hope he did not impregnate this woman. Oh. I yeah, for his sake, I do too. Oh, for the for, for, for the popcorn watching. She posted maybe. a son, she posted a sonogram. 
Yeah, it doesn't. I know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. He's saying she's so so crazy. She would go get somebody else's sunnygram. Well, no. It also, to also, it doesn't that mean crazy. that it's his. Doesn't mean that it's his. Come on, somebody. But get she more. is implying what, that. What's the dance Zion's gonna do when when he is not the father? She is implying that it's his, and she has receipts that he did not use protection. That is pretty clear. It still doesn't mean. Still doesn't mean it's his. I'm not saying it's his, but it's a, it, it doesn't say it ain't. No, I know, but what's what's the dance he does, and does he injure himself dancing when Maury Povich says he's not the father? <laughs> Remember, Maury Povich has uh, a home at home yeah. DNA test now. Get some Zion, <laughs> Maury Povich at home DNA test with a smiling oh, Zion face. Come on, Zion, you gotta do better than that, man. She's yeah, she you you chose poorly. I mean, that a was, lot she's of the you worst. made a lot of bad decisions. She's the worst, though. She's the worst. Come on. Like, really? If he got her break, I said, she's going to be a disaster and a nightmare for the rest of your life. This yeah. woman does not have a bone of civility in her body. <laughs> I mean, the way that she is condemned. Because if he is, in fact, the father, there are ways to go about this where you can get all yeah. the support and compensation that you deserve and need. She's not going about it that way. And like you going about it the way that your future child will be able to see this stuff one day, yep. how you handle this. Oh, anyway. All right, there you go. That's the update on Off the Record. We come back. We'll get into the big news from Texas baseball. Uh, Coach David Pierce making another move at pitching coach. Also, we'll talk about the indispensable pieces for the Texas football team, the trap game uh, from, from Athlon Sports for Texas football this season, and their newest O-line commitment. Lot to cover behind the burnt orange curtain right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Horn.